Late last week, Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted of all charges in the self-defense case that captured nationwide attention, but at least one party is absolutely guilty of misinformation and spreading outright lies, our morally corrupt, narrative-driven, and race-obsessed corporate mainstream media. We have to call out their hiding of information and outright lies if we ever want to get back to a sane, fact-based, and compassionate society. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Oh, Problematics, there has been so much going on in the world, but you wouldn't think that there was anything going on but this Kyle Rittenhouse trial. So as you all know by now, because this happened a couple of days ago at this point, Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted of all of the charges in this case that has just sucked up the attention of the entire country. So he is not guilty. And when it comes to this Rittenhouse case, and and, and my thoughts on this are, are very complex, and a lot of how I viewed this entire situation really does have to come from um, a media criticism lens and a journalist's um, criticism lens because it's honestly, this is just what I do and how I think. And I can't really think about any other way to really look at this because to me, when you looked at the facts of the case, the fact that it was self-defense was always so obvious to me. To me, there was never any question when you look at the facts of the case and, and you look at the video that was there, it was always so obviously a self-defense case. And that was my opinion the entire time, right? Um, does this mean that he's a hero or should be a martyr or should be um, you know, uh, celebrated by all conservatives? I, I do not believe so. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But for me, I was just so literally dumbfounded by just the obviously biased ways that a lot of these trusted mainstream media outlets covered this case. And it really does, like, it, it drives me crazy, but it really is shocking to me the level um, to which these people will lie. Okay, number one, they will outright lie. Um, they will hide facts and they will create different ways of language to speak in the case, to lead you to one conclusion that is absolutely not true. There are so many media outlets that covered this case as um, Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, killed BLM protesters and all of this stuff. It was to the point where there are people that still to this day actually think that Kyle Rittenhouse killed two black men, which is absolutely not true. This is the case of literally one young white man killing two other white men. And all of a sudden, um, as I said on Gutfeld last week, this is now yet another referendum on race. And now this is another race thing. And the the curious thing to me about the whole thing is that there is just this cognitive, it's either a cognitive dissonance or it is a complete ignorance to the facts that you would believe that this person, Kyle Rittenhouse, was just in um, Kenosha uh, with an AR-15 for no reason. So this is the same cognitive dissonance, um, dissonance that would have the MSNBC reporter Ali Velshi um, report from a literally in front of a burning building 
and to say that this is a mostly peaceful protest. Now, granted, um, this situation itself was in Minneapolis, but but the the facts remain the same. So in order for people to believe the crap that was coming from mainstream media in regards to the Rittenhouse case, you would have had to believe all of the crap that was coming from the mainstream media since the summer of 2020, when these people either did not cover the riots or barely covered them or told you not to believe your lying eyes and your lying ears that these burning buildings, that these violent riots, that all of this violence that you are seeing with your own two eyes on Twitter, because by the way, you're not going to see it on MSNBC or CNN. So all of this stuff that you're seeing with your own two eyes in their um, and, and what they're trying to push, this is not happening, right? And so the people that are so woefully uninformed in this in in this society in this moment that we're living in right now are coming into this case with their heads full of the propaganda that they were being fed all last summer. It's outrageous. It, it really is outrageous, and I try not to spend that much of my time here ranting about mainstream media, but my goodness, it's just, it, it just, it, it boggles the mind. And when you want to talk about this coverage of this stuff, now, I want you to get into this. Now, this is a New York Times reporter named Nellie Bowles. She's an ex-New York Times reporter, and she basically... Um, has gone out, has gone public with the fact that the New York Times, um, they held a story about the Kenosha riots until after the 2020 election for a a reason, right? You know, they did this because their job is to, their job in their mind was to get Joe Biden elected. And I want you to listen, listen to this. This is what she says. And this is reporting from the New York Post, right? Um, and we all know that protests, riots, and civil unrest, there was all of that stuff that happened for days after this shooting of Jacob Blake. And, I, you know, there guys, problematics, if you're new here, get deeper back into some of the, the, these episodes that we were doing last summer. Like, I broke all of this stuff down, and I broke the Jacob Blake shooting down and how that was nowhere near what it was reported as in the mainstream media and, and really, you know— Go go back into that stuff. But this is what she says. Uh, Bowles said she was sent to report on the quote unquote mainstream media, mainstream liberal argument that vandalizing buildings for racial justice was not detrimental because businesses had insurance. Now, remember, this was a talking point um, from, you know, people like Cori Bush and, and people like AOC and, and the, you know, the, the lunatic, you know, squad fringe that it doesn't matter that we're burning down businesses. It doesn't matter that all of this damage is happening because, oh, they have insurance and it'll just be fine because after all of this looting and rioting and unrest, these cities will be just like they were before. So this is what what, uh, Nellie Bowl says. This argument, she says, turned out to be not true. The part of Kenosha that people burned in the riots was the poor, multiracial commercial district full of small, underinsured cell phone shops and car lots. It was very sad to see and hear from people who suffered. But of course, you know, the New York Times couldn't have that going out in the days before the election, so they held it until after the election, right? And this is what she says to bring it full circle with the Rittenhouse stuff. She says, the reality that brought Kyle Rittenhouse into the streets was one we reporters were meant to ignore. And that is crucial. That is very, very important that she says this, right? And so what you have to understand 
that this moment that we're living in that's narrative driven, that is not about facts or data and it's not about anything but a narrative, this moment is not created in a bubble. This moment is created by the gatekeepers and those that are in charge, the ones that decide what is news, the ones that decide what is mainstream, the ones that decide what goes on the front page of the New York Times. This is the paper of record. This is what everybody is supposed to trust and believe. And so now we see that they're basically hiding information from people in service of a narrative. And of course, um, nobody from the Times commented to the New York Post on this, and they won't comment on it. It will just be memory hold like everything else. And so that's a very important point, the reality that brought Kyle Rittenhouse into the streets. And like I have said before, should that boy at 17 years old, that is a boy, young man, boy, should he have been in those streets at all? I, it is not something that I, I would have wanted my child to do. And whether or not, and we don't know, by the way, that he was going to, and I know that he helped clean up and stuff like that, but we don't, you know, I just, I really want to avoid ascribing, you know, I'm not going to make this kid a Boy Scout any more than I'm going to join the liberals in, in, you know, making this kid a white supremacist, right? I think that it's very important that we just, you know, have our wits about us when we're talking about this stuff. But the fact is, and if anybody has been to one of these cities that burned um, in 2020, and I was there, you know, I went to Minneapolis right after those riots. I had raised $150,000 that we donated to small businesses to help them rebuild in Minneapolis. Weeks after that riot, it was smoldering, okay? And you have to think to yourself as well. Why does nobody, why do we never see images of what these cities look like now? Do you notice that you never see any images of what downtown Minneapolis looks like right now? What Kenosha looks like right now? You never see these things. And I would wager that these places are still smoldering. These businesses did not come back because they were absolutely destroyed. So that, in her words, like that is what the reality that she says that brought Kyle Rittenhouse into the streets. But because of the narrative-driven nature of where we are at right now, there is only one way to think about this. If you're conservative, it is um, that Kyle Rittenhouse is a Boy Scout and a hero, and he is a martyr for the Second Amendment. He was only defending himself. If you're a liberal, it is the idea that Kyle Rittenhouse was a fire-breathing, um, frothing-at-the-mouth white supremacist who drove hours to go kill people that were, quote-unquote, protesting for Black Lives. Obviously, um, that narrative is completely outrageous. And I'm going to tell you why um, the idea that you have to stick to one of these two narratives is so dangerous and, and tribal to society after the break. All right, Problematics, we are obviously right now talking about the Rittenhouse verdict, which is, of course, you know, Rittenhouse was not guilty. And, and in my opinion, rightfully so, is very obviously a self-defense case right off the bat. But who is guilty is the mainstream media in this overall conversation that we're having is which, you know, this is what I find myself more interested in. I'm more interested in 
instead of hopping into the culture war narrative, and there's a lot of people that can do that. And if you want to hear them do that, God knows you can listen to their insane, um, semi-literate rambling on all sorts of (laughs) different outlets, but you're not going to get that here, problematics. Um, So the the narrative-driven nature of this, I believe, is so dangerous and tribal for our society. It's, It's leading to this kind of tribalism that, number one, makes us all see each other as the enemy, which I think is just not a good way to go. But also, it is turning us into a society that does not care about facts or that does not care about data, that does not care about just stepping back from these really incendiary situations and really just taking a uh, an overall look at what is going on here before the rush to have some sort of opinion uh, about this stuff. I think that it's dangerous. And in speaking about rushes to have opinions, got you know, you know, um, the usual Hollywood celebrities and usual suspects had their hot takes on this because this is somehow um, turned into some referendum on race. And now. I, I want to n- number one. I, there's some interesting stuff that's coming out. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse is now finally able to speak for himself. He's got an interview on Tucker Carlson that just launched. Um, I want to play you a little bit of what he has to say about how he feels about the whole thing and and, and where he stands on BLM and, and racism and and all the stuff. It wasn't Kyle Rittenhouse on trial in Wisconsin. It was the right to self defense on trial, right. and. If I was convicted, no one would be able, no one would ever be privileged to defend their life against attackers. And so obviously, you know, he's right that this was about the Second Amendment, right? And there's some other, you know, there's some quotes that have come out from him, you know, that uh, in advance of the interview, he has said that he supports BLM, by the way, that he believes in, you know, the right to peacefully protest for racial justice and and all of that other stuff. So like I said, this this kid, this is an 18-year-old kid, this young man, does not fall neatly into, you know, these categories that people are, are, are trying to put him into. And so I'm going to read you this Cory Bush tweet, and this is about narratives and, and all of this stuff. And this is what Cory Bush said. You know, this is um, this is somebody that wants this is she's far far left. She, you know, she was organizing in in St. Louis and the Ferguson riots and all that stuff. And then you know, she was plucked to become basically a tool for the left at, at this point. And this is what she says. Um, and this was after three House Republicans have said that they want Kyle Rittenhouse to be their intern. You know, this is like Matt Gates and, and a couple of the other ones, right? And I believe Madison Cawthorn, right? And so this is what Corey Bush said. Just being real, every day it feels more and more dangerous coming to work. Not only do these members fuel violence, now they're actively recruiting someone whose sole qualification is killing people standing up for black lives and getting away with it. They must be expelled. And, you know, with this statement, it's really funny. They always show their hand. And the last sentence shows the hand, the last sentence about them being expelled. This is not about her not feeling safe at work. This is not about this is about her trying to get some Republicans out of Congress. And that is where we are right now. Right. And it is so interesting to me that 
these two men that Kyle Rittenhouse killed, which, by the way, had rap sheets a mile long. Like, you guys have heard this from other places. I uh, got these guys were, you know, what? like one of them had multiple offenses of sexual assault of a minor, like all of this other stuff. So it's not like these were not good people. Okay, like, I don't know that anybody deserves to die, and I'm certainly not making the argument that they deserve to die, but these are not people (laughs) that were in, um, you know, Kenosha, Wisconsin. These were not people that were standing up for black lives. Like, this is ridiculous. And this goes into a lot of the coverage, the media coverage. It took me, it is, it took me forever to find um, the rap sheet of these two people that were that were killed, that these two people that Rittenhouse killed, the rap sheets a mile long, all ki- in and out of jail, child right, like all kinds of stuff. And so now these people are being retconned by the mainstream media as people that were standing up for Black lives. It is ridiculous. And so now they're getting statements from, you know, members of these people's families about what they feel about the verdict. And all of this stuff is predicated on their assumption that you are depending only on them for your facts in this case. Which, if you're listening to me or if you're listening to anybody else, I think that any everybody should be well aware of the fact that we cannot depend on mainstream outlets for any sort of 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 facts about these cases that is not about a narrative and you know what it is you know on one network you'll get all conservative perspectives on one network you'll get all liberal perspectives and somewhere in between you're gonna have to do your own work to actually find the truth but what i will say is this and I have to be very, very honest and very clear about this, is that I have real big major problems with how how Rittenhouse has become some kind of folk hero on the right. This is a kid that made some extremely poor choices. Okay, let's just be clear about this. I have been, like I said, when when you are, you know, I've been to the George, the George Floyd Memorial um, in Minneapolis that, by the way, they had to raise and take down all of that stuff because it was becoming a hub for violence after dark. Violent people in these cities are drawn to those things. People that are up to no good are drawn to these places after dark, right? And so the idea that he was going to go sort of, I don't know if he was patrol, I don't know what he was doing, but the idea that this kid would take that into his own hands, even though he does have the right to self-defense and he does have the right to arm himself, it was just poor judgment the entire time. And so now you have people that are sitting Congress members basically um, celebrating some really, really supremely poor judgment on the part of this kid and they're doing this because they are so involved in these culture wars that we can't seem to get out of. So you have, you know, conservative media personalities, you have conservative members of Congress, all this other stuff. And they think that just because the left is demonizing this person, then it's up to them to not really speak the truth and not speak clearly or certainly not think about what they're saying or tweeting before they do it. It is their job to throw gasoline on the culture wars um, because Cori Bush and Rashida Tlaib and AOC, because all of these people are lunatics, then now all of a sudden we have to be as crazy as them, but 
on the right side of the aisle to try to get attention. You know, this is this stuff is what I call the Kardashian the Kardashianification of American politics. Um, so you have sitting congressmen and women on both the right and the left are no longer serious people debating serious policy and steps forward for America. Um, these people are Twitter celebrities and they engage in their social media platforms in the exact way that, you know, brain dead um, you know, media influencers do. And you guys know the type that I'm talking about. You guys know, problematics, you know who I'm talking about. You know the conservative media influencers and the people that have these big platforms that cannot wait to tweet something, cannot wait to, are not even trying um, to to think critically or to think seriously about a situation. They just have to say whatever stupid crap comes to their mind that they think is the conservative side of the issue, um, and, and they're going to go. And so honestly, to me, there's absolutely no reason that anybody that's sitting in Congress should be offering Rittenhouse an in, in internship. For what? What has he done to deserve any kind of internship? What has he done to deserve any sort of access in that way? And by the way, people... Again, we don't even know whether or not this kid is a conservative. There are, I mean, I I think that, you know, he just said that he's young, he supports BLM, and he supports, you know, the right to protest and all that other stuff. There are people that are liberal that, you know, still, you know, know how to arm themselves. I mean, but look, I, I just, it's something that did not sit well with me. And look, problematics, if you have an issue with that or with me calling these people out, it just is what it is. I think you guys have to understand that with this platform, with my entire platform, with the problematics and all of that other stuff, like guys, I'm not out here running comms for the RNC. I'm not running comms for any sort of sitting Congress members campaign. And it is not my job as somebody that's a political commentator um, that's trying to give you guys what I really think. Like, it is not my job to bite my tongue so that I can be photographed with these people. I literally care less and less about that every single day. And I am more concerned with facts um, in the truth. And the truth is the hard truth, the serious truth, the real truth, the problematic truth is that this kid is no hero. This kid is not a martyr for the cause. This kid is somebody that made some absolutely bad decisions. And even though he is not guilty, and I believe that he was not guilty, and I believe that this was self-defense, we need to have people that are in leadership that are a little bit smarter than to throw gasoline on the fire every time there is some racially incendiary situation like this in America. Because if you know, we keep on moving forward with this. And this is a criticism, like I said, guys, of the mainstream media as well. If we continue going about our society like this, if we continue going about the public discourse in this way, then I am telling you, like I have told you before, this is not going to bode well for the future of America. We are just going to continue to hate each other. We are just going to continue to put narrative before facts, and we are just going to continue to get more and more divided. So the media needs to get better at their job of actually reporting and stop um, hiding information and just stop pushing a narrative. And my goodness, man, if you are a sitting member of Congress, just be smarter than this.
please. Up next, NBC News has an answer to Biden's inflation making this Thanksgiving the most expensive Thanksgiving dinner ever. Skip the turkey. And no, I am not even making this up. More on that up next. Well, problematics, if you are alive and living and breathing right now and existing in America, you will realize that every single thing is just more expensive right now. Groceries are more expensive. Gas is more expensive. Um, food is more expensive. And I'm, I'm telling you guys, and I'm just going to sound like I literally, I'm telling you guys, I do problematics. I do not live in a bubble. And every time I say this, I sound like some freaking, you know, brain dead globalist elite. But it's, sometimes I really do see it is sometimes easier for me to go out to dinner or to just go to a fast casual place than to actually buy groceries. I'm telling you guys, I bought. I, I just like I buy like smoked salmon and boiled eggs and stuff like that because I'm pretty strict with with my diet. Um, in, in terms of because I work from home when I'm not traveling, so I'm pretty strict with my diet when I'm at home. But literally, these things are like I just I I bought smoked salmon and eggs and some club soda and like a rotisserie chicken. It was seventy dollars. It was it was crazy. But this is what we're all dealing with right now. So NBC News has an answer to all of this stuff, and it is to skip the turkey on Thanksgiving. No, I am not kidding. Yes, this is what they really had to say. Listen to this lunatic on the Today Show. They were doing um, a segment about how to save money at Thanksgiving because they know that inflation is making everything more expensive, but they have to kind of find a way to to soften the blow because this is what our corporate media is nowadays. They're trying to soften the blow um, when Democrats completely, you know, screw up the country. Listen to this. These days, you also have apps like Venmo and PayPal and Zelle. And Etiquette experts are a little mixed on this, but you could ask everybody to just throw in cash, five, ten dollars. That really adds up. And while we are on the topic of something that could be controversial, perhaps forego the turkey. Bear with me. I know that is the staple of the Thanksgiving meal. However, some people think turkey is overrated. And so it tends to be the most expensive thing on the table. Maybe you do an Italian feast instead. And I will say this. If you tell everyone you're having a Thanksgiving without turkey, some guests may drop off the list, and that's a way to cut costs, too. Okay, well, no, these people are idiots. <laughs> these people are lunatics. And for me, like, obviously, um, this is what these people are trying to say to you. Don't believe your lying eyes. Don't believe the dwindling money in your check account, checking account. Don't believe uh, these higher gas prices. Don't believe the fact that every single thing is just more expensive than it used to be. Don't believe any of this stuff. It is up to you, people, um, for, for the glory of living in Biden's America, for the absolute wonder of having our first black, biracial, female vice president, you get to live in this progressive utopia. And, you know, who cares that things are more expensive? Who cares that your groceries are higher? Come on, who cares that gas is higher? Who cares that all of this stuff? So because you get to live in this progressive utopia that we have created for you, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. And that means 
cutting the turkey out of your Thanksgiving dinner because it is now too expensive. And you wonder sometimes, do these people even listen to what they are saying? Do they even believe this stuff? Do they even know how they're being used to push an agenda? Or do they truly believe that it is just up to all of us to buck up and suck it up because everything sucks so bad right now in terms of inflation and in terms of groceries being so high. Obviously, folks, this is, I don't, like, I don't even know what to say about it. It's almost as if like just the propaganda is so strong. And when the scales drop from your eyes, and when you absolutely see the propaganda for exactly what it is, You just literally cannot unsee these things. And this is what we're seeing right now. And we're seeing this in in so many different ways. There was, you know, um, there are a lot of people that are doing the rounds on cable news right now because obviously a very big story among anybody who's actually paying attention to the economy is how expensive things are right now. So you're going to hear more of this leading up into Thanksgiving. You are going to hear more of this stuff when it comes to the supply chain crisis that we're dealing with. And you have to understand, folks, when you look, when you take this overall view of what is going on here, you realize that this stuff is obviously because The people that are in charge right now and the people that are running this country have absolutely no idea what they are doing. And because Buttigieg is a gay guy and he's in charge of, you know, the transportation department and all of this stuff and basically this supply chain issues like the buck stops with him and the fact that he has never done this at all but was put at, you know, as the head of this department because he is a very famous, very popular gay guy on the left. Like diversity hires have consequences, folks. I am sorry. But they do. And this is the stuff that we're seeing right now. And so, like I said, the overall, the idea here is that since we are now living in, you know, the first stages of this progressive utopia that these people wanted to create, that are creating for us, that anybody that's paying any real attention realizes um, is driving everything into the ground. So uh, for us to get the privilege of doing this, we are just going to have to ignore the fact that everything is more expensive, that supply chain issues are messed up, that Um, Thanksgiving is going to be more expensive than ever, that you probably should start ordering your Christmas presents right now because there's going to be issues with that. But ignore all of these things because now we get the privilege and the pleasure of living in the progressive utopia that the Biden-Harris administration have created. Don't believe your lying eyes. Don't believe the gas prices. Don't believe how expensive your groceries are. Just be grateful that you get to live in Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's America. And so what if you have to forego the turkey this holiday season? It's for your own good, folks. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And to hear more of my episodes and to get my weekly newsletter, go to Gingrich360.com slash Rob. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. 
special thanks to our producer, Robert Borowski, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers, and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of the Gingrich 360 Network.